0: You are listening to the Reality Church Ventura podcast, a collection of sermons from our weekly Sunday gatherings. To learn more about reality, visit us online at realityventura.com. Guys, we have a special treat today with the preacher. So uh, next month, it'll be 20 years since my wife and I moved up here from San Diego to Reality Carp by a crazy call of God. And when we moved here, um, I, had, I told Britt, who had founded Reality Carpenteria, hey, dude, I'm, I, th- I think I have a gift to lead worship. I've been doing that for a few years. I've also, I was a youth pastor for a few years. I suck at that job. Uh, but if you want me to like help with the youth, I could do it. I just want to let you know ahead of time I suck. And he was like, oh, DJ, you're going to be awesome you do it. So I started doing the youth up there at Reality Carp, and, and I was right. Uh, <laughs> but about, like, six months or a year into it, um, this— l- youth leader showed up, who's a few years younger than me. He was from Santa Barbara. He showed up and he started serving in the youth ministry. And uh, he was just killing it. He was one of those guys who was just like, dude, this is like a shepherd of shepherds. He has such a pastor's heart. The kids loved him. They would just like flock to him. And several months later, Britt came to me and said something you never want to hear your boss say to you he said hey this is like a really this is a sad thing he said but he said hey dude i'm going to be honest i'm a little disappointed <laughs> and then he said i expected more whoa and i was like bro i told you i sucked this is not my fault <laughs> And and I was like, yeah, dude, we need somebody better. And he's like, who do you have in mind? And I was like, you know that dude, Riz? And he's like, oh yeah, I know Riz. I've known him since he was like in junior high. He used to come with this big old Bible that was as big as his head to our college ministry. He'd sneak in. I was like, this dude is anointed. And Britt was like, yeah, dude, he's anointed. And so he took over the youth ministry and we were right. He was anointed. He killed it. It grew. It was thriving. It was such a gift for me to be able to like step back and see somebody who had the gift, had the anointing. And he served at Reality Cart for years and then served at Reality Santa Barbara uh, and then felt God calling him and his wife, Zoe, who was leading worship today to plant a church in reality uh, in Honolulu, which if you know anything about the Hawaiian Islands, it is a dark, it was beautiful aesthetically, but it is a dark spiritual place. And so it was like, gosh, Lord, wow, really you're doing this, but it was so obvious. And so uh, six or seven years ago, seven years ago, um, they moved to Honolulu, started Reality Honolulu. It's been a crazy up and down roller coaster ride, especially with COVID and all of that. But I've got to visit the church so many times. It is healthy. They are such good leaders. We are so blessed. It's been almost like eight years since either of them have been here doing any kind of ministry at Reality Ventura. So we're blessed to have them. Zoe was already leading, but why don't you welcome to the stage to preach Riz Hillner.
1: Aloha! How are you guys? So good to be here, Dom. Too kind, too kind, really, all those words. Um, But yeah, a lot of history, as you know. For some of you I know, some of you I don't know, but Dom and Billy and Chad and the whole staff, we go way back. Um, And I'm just so honored and blessed to be here, because I got to see this from the start, um, which I think it's almost 15 years Reality Ventura has been here, and so um, I was up at Reality Carp, and God called us to start Reality Ventura, and I got to be a part of that, and it is so neat to see uh, God still moving and how much he's done and how much he's going to do, but just so blessed and honored to be here, and like Dom said, been a part of the Reality family since the beginning, but seven years ago now, you guys, as well as the rest of the Reality family sent my wife and my little nine-month-old son and three-year-old daughter to Hawaii to um, start a new work new reality there. And it has been such a gift and honor to be used by the Lord in that way. Like Dom said, like starting a church, especially if you're a Howley from California, starting a church in Hawaii, it is not easy, Um, but God has been in it the whole time. And we've come alongside what God's already been doing for hundreds of years in Hawaii. And we've seen God reap such a harvest and um, really bring healing and restoration to so many people. And uh, it's been a beautiful gift to pastor that church. And just the last two years after kind of COVID, we got back in person. God provided this incredible middle school right in downtown Honolulu for us to do ministry. And um, not, not only has God added to our church and our body, but he's given us incredible heart and calling to tangibly serve the people in Hawaii through um, food distributions and clothing and we're serving over, our church is about 200 people, which is amazing, incredible, but we're serving about a thousand people a month, a thousand families a month. And so it's incredible to see how much ministry God is doing through this group that God has put together at Reality Honolulu. And so I just wanna not only share that update that God is moving and he still continues to move, but you guys have been such a vital part And I know that maybe some of you know or don't know me, or maybe this is the first time hearing that you have a reality in Hawaii? I'm going to come visit now. Come visit. A lot of you have, and so we love it um, when that happens. But you guys, like, not only, like, went on the prayer tour, not only do you continue to pray, not only do you send encouraging text message, but financially, you guys have been a huge supporter of this work. Um, And so just know, like, your reach at Reality Ventura is way more than just right here. And sometimes you can't see that. Um, But I just want to say thank you. Um, A huge mahalo that you guys not only have prayed for us, but encouraged us and uh, financially supported us. So thank you so much for that. Um, But I'm excited to be able to share and teach the Word of God this morning with you. And where I want to to go and what I want to share is this exhortation from the Apostle Paul. Uh, We as a church right now at Reality Honolulu have been going through Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, the letter of the Philippians. But there's so many uh, letters, obviously, in the New Testament written by Paul. And there's one, there's a specific part of a last letter to the church in Thessalonica. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, there's a couple verses that I want to illuminate. And what's quite, kind of cool is Tim said, hey man, feel led by the Spirit. Whatever God's calling you to do, let me know. And so I said, hey, what about this? And he said, no way, we're starting 2 Thessalonians ourselves at Reality Ventura in a couple weeks. So the Holy Spirit, the Lord's, the Lord's in this, uh, I think. So I hope. So, um, so. In this letter, in this letter that Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, if you open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5, a lot of your headers will say Paul's final instructions. And again, this is what Paul is like contending all the time with these churches or these pastors that he's writing these letters to, is he's trying to leave them with a vision of who they are in Christ, how they're to live, how the the church is supposed to operate. And again, these letters are written not in person, like he's usually like imprisoned or he's in another place. And he's literally penning these letters. They're traveling hundreds, if not thousands of miles to a people or a person. And he's pretty much just begging them to live into this vision. And so, again, just jumping into that text, 1 Thessalonians 5, I'm gonna read that, part of those final instructions to this church, and then we'll pray. But Paul exhorts these believers, and he exhorts us this morning to First Thessalonians 5:16 through 18 sorry. To rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for this beautiful demonstration of your church here at Reality Ventura. And God, we thank you that we have your word, even though it was written thousands of years ago in a very different time, in a very different culture. We thank you that your word is living and active and it's for us today. And God, as your people, as your disciples, as us followers of Jesus, we wanna live into this. We wanna be a people that heed and walk in These um, words that your son, Paul, is writing to another group of brothers and sisters in Christ. God, please, would you change us from the inside out? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would use me as your mouthpiece to communicate these truths this morning. And God, we want to be a people that rejoice always. Pray continually give thanks in all circumstances. We want to live into what your will is for us in Christ Jesus. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Um, Well, my kids now are not nine months and three years old. They're seven and 10. It's crazy. Time goes fast. And they're not there yet, but soon, as you all know, many of you have older kids than me, it goes by so quick, they'll be driving. Like my daughter and my son are both like, ready for it already. Um, And when I was that age, uh, 16, 17, and I got my license, I was very anxious to get a vehicle, a car. Uh, Got my license right on my 16th birthday. So badly wanted a four-wheel drive vehicle. I grew up going to Pismo and like off-roading and like I so badly wanted it. And at the time I was going to Dos Palos High School in Goleta and the basketball coach had this old 88 Toyota 4Runner. If you're a foreigner guy or whatever, you know it's the one that like, it's like, like a truck, but it has the removable back. You can put it on. It's pretty much a truck that they strap seats in with a roll bar. It's the most amazing thing ever. Still like to this day, I'm so sad that I ever got rid of it. But he gave me a good deal. I was so excited. This is my first car. I literally was get into it. And I look in the middle of the car and I was like, what's that? And he's like, well, that's the stick that's the man is a manual transmission. And I'm like, what? I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> there's there's three pedals. Why is there three pedals? <laughs> and so quickly I was like, this is an issue. It's an awesome, but I don't know what I'm doing. And for the first week of this first experience, I was like, I've made the worst decision. This is the worst car. Like, you're stalling is so embarrassing. Like, you know, when you, it, any of you in this room that's done that, you know it. But then a week in, you get it. As long as you just get out of first, like, you get that first thing, you're like, I'm golden. Feather the clutch, we're good. Can do anything with this thing. But that first week was miserable. But then now to this day, I am so grateful that my first car was a stick. Like, to this day, I even tell my kids about it. I'm gonna, we're gonna get a stick. And I'm like, good luck finding like a stick, right? These days. But the longer time goes on, the less people, when I talk about this, even know what I'm talking about that are younger, right? Like stick, manual, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh no, what is happening in the world, right? It's it's less common, not many people know. It's this lost art. And I feel like I'm not that old. I mean, it's all relative. I'm old and I'm not that old, right? I'm 38. Up to you. I'm either really young or really old. Up to you. It's true. It's like, oh, you're so young. You're like, I don't know. Like, I got youth group kids in here now with kids. You're like, I'm old. But when, the reason why I bring up this story is that when Paul exhorts these Christians here, he brings up these things, like rejoicing always, giving thanks in all circumstances, pray continually. In the same way, it feels like these are like lost arts. Like so uncommon. Like, like, right? Rejoicing always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. To me, when I read that, I'm like, yeah, right, good luck. That's such a lofty idea. Right? If you think about what he's saying, you almost feel like you're not really serious because how could you possibly always be joyful? How could you possibly give thanks in all circumstances? Right, and, and you know, these, there's, he brings up three things, and I'm gonna hone in on, on just two today, joy and gratitude. And I don't mean to like neglect prayer at all, but prayer just gets a lot of airtime a lot. And it's our default usually when time gets tough. And again, I don't wanna downplay and neglect. I'm actually gonna come back to it at the end. But today, just for like today, I'm gonna hone in on joy and gratitude. And I think that um, in a lot of areas, there's these lost arts. Because if we were all to be brutally honest with ourselves, with the Lord, maybe someone closest to us that knows us, if we were to make a list of characteristics that describe us, top 10 things that describe you, what would the main things of that list be? If we were honest, they would probably be full of worry, anxiety, fearful, get discouraged, sad, shame, insecurity, envy, etc. Like if we were honest, like joyful always and grateful in all circumstances, it would be like down the list sometimes. Right, I doubt if a lot of us, myself included, would, 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 would say, what's well, joy and gratitude are at the top of the list. But why is that? Like, why is that? Like, right, if rejoicing always and giving thanks in all circumstances is supposed to be, as Paul would remind us, marks of the followers of Jesus, why are these two, like, lost or uncommon or, or why are they fleeting, so to speak. And I think mainly, in a a big way, it's that we're living in this age of tension, right? We just celebrated this. Jesus came, Advent, right? God's kingdom and his goodness and his grace like started to break into this fallen world and bring redemption and renewal, which so many of us here have like tasted and seen. Like we've believed this, we've, we've surrendered, we're, we're experiencing and walking in the goodness of God that came in the person of Jesus. But, and this is a big caveat, even though that is beautifully true, what's also true is that we still live amongst like a fallen world. It's full of brokenness, as we're all aware. It's full of pain, it's full of sin, and all the effects of sin, right? Because Jesus hasn't yet come back a second time to make everything perfectly right once and for all. And again, it's, this world that we live in is not fully renewed or redeemed and restored yet. And so we live in the here, but not yet, period of God's kingdom. You guys have probably heard that a lot, but there is a real tension that we currently live in. And here's why this makes it difficult for us as Christians to walk in this joy and gratitude in the midst of it is because we still live in the midst of brokenness, even though we're inwardly redeemed, like we're just surrounded by brokenness, right? And Like renewal and restoration of the world, like on a broad scale, or like our own personal sanctification, becoming like Jesus, it's all an ongoing process. God's kingdom come, like, right? We're supposed to pray that God's kingdom come as is in heaven on earth. God's kingdom's coming, but the earth is still broken. And we just constantly daily live in that tension. and I don't have to know you to to guess that everyone in this room in one way or another, or maybe them all, that we struggle. It could be with navigating relationships, which all of us have issues and drama. Relationships are hard. Relationships are really hard, so we we struggle there. Um, It could be us or our family having health issues. As all of us now or at one time or all the time, this is a part of this brokenness. We struggle at times or maybe all the time financially. It's not like you live in a cheap place. Not like I live in a cheap place. It's real. Like the struggle is real. Life is hard. And so naturally, just because we're like inundated with all of this like the effects of brokenness, right? With the effects of sin. Even me saying all that right now can trigger like, whoop, I was joyful, thanks Riz, I'm out now. <laughs> right, you can easily, like our joy and, and what we're grateful for can easily, doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for like 70 years, like you can still be affected and, and our joy and our gratefulness can be robbed and distorted because we're just inundated, Right? And also, not, not only are we just in it, but everything around us is also telling us what we need to achieve or get, right, in order to be happy or joyful. And if we don't have it, we struggle to be grateful for what we have. I mean, right, this is, I'm like, this is singing to the choir. Social media, movies, ads, culture, it's, I mean either subconsciously or very direct. It's like, well, to really be happy, you gotta have that house there. And if you really wanna be cool, you gotta have that truck. You gotta dress certain ways. Or perhaps it's, it's even, I would say, deeper or, or, or bigger than that. Like, you gotta be married. You gotta have a certain amount of kids at a certain age or else. You're right, the list goes on. And more than ever, as we all know, we're inundated and it's way more accessible and all the time, it's like we're just, you just are inundated with, ooh, I gotta have all these things in order to this, that, and the other. And what this can leave the believer is that the, the struggles of life, we can really struggle, because of the struggles of life, we can really struggle to find joy Always, That's what he says, right? Always. And give thanks in all circumstances. That's why I bring it up today because I deal with a lot of people over the years in Hawaii now, like, but over the years. And man, it just feels like, again, the older I get, I'm not that old. The older I get, it just feels like these two, are like joy and gratitude are severely being affected these days. Like more than I've seen, at least for me. And I will attest that we can really struggle as Christians with having consistent joy and gratefulness. Consistent joy and gratefulness. Because I would argue we're pretty good at living life in waves. When things are when, when good things happen, we're good. Praise God. Hands are lifted that Sunday, right? I'm, I'm speaking to myself. I'm not speaking like, hey, you guys. I'm like, it's so easy. Like when things are good to happen... When things are good that we expected or we wanted and it happened how we wanted, we are good and we are happy. But when things are hard or drama, we are not. We're not joyful, we're not happy. Like we are not grateful. Like we really want things to be different, right? This is this is a part of like, why I think this this, this final instruction of Paul here is like, so wild because um, it's so hard. But again, this is not walking in joy or gratitude. Is not what God intended for us. It's not how he designed it. Not what he wants. He, he wants the opposite. He, he wants what Paul is saying. For us to rejoice always and give thanks in all circumstances. So how should we act as believers? Right? I just told you like, the reasons why it's hard to even do this. But how should we act? What should we be like? Well, as believers, as followers of Jesus, right, our joy and our gratitude should not be, okay, should not be dependent on the world or our culture or even what our friends and family's standards are. That shouldn't define our joy and our gratitude. Our joy and gratitude should be based and grounded in Christ and what he has done and what he continues to do and who we are in him. And so our joy, talking about joy for a second, our joy should supersede our circumstances, the Christian joy. Our joy should be wrapped up in the person of Jesus and who he is, knowing that we're in Christ, knowing that he has plans for us, knowing that our our future with him, that he is the creator God, he's sovereign, he's in control. We know the beginning, the middle, and the end of the story. And so when, not if, when we're surrounded by the world's brokenness and we experience brokenness, The Christian, the call of the Christian or the invitation for the Christian is that because of Christ, we can look beyond what's temporal and what we have in God eternally. That this life is just a mist. It's a vapor. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. Paul again would say our citizenship actually is in heaven, not on earth. So, but but here's what that doesn't mean. I am not preaching a sermon that says, just deny that pain exists. That's not what the Bible's saying. That's not what it's saying. But Christians, we err we that way. Well, I'm just going to bury my issues and fake my joy. Because this guy from Hawaii told me I should on New Year's Eve. No. If actually, if anything, Paul, as well as just about every other biblical character, is always really honest with what they're going through. Like the Bible is filled with people's sins. (laughs) They're really honest with what they're going through. They all had really painful things happen. Paul, like one of the most, their lives um, were not perfect. It was actually quite the opposite. (laughs) These were flawed men and women. These were not perfect. They're not special. There's nothing like that. It's attempting to follow the way of Jesus. And they were really honest with their shortcomings and their failures and their pain and their angst. They were honest, but it doesn't stop there, right? What Paul and scripture contends for is that in the midst of being honest and vulnerable with what we're going through, we can also trust and look beyond it all and surrender it all to Jesus so that even in the midst of brokenness, we can receive joy from our perfect and unbroken God. We're actually meant to hold both, but then also to trust that even though we're experiencing relational brokenness and financial struggle and health issues, that God is bigger, he's better, he's the end of the story, he's perfect, he's in control, he knows what's best. Right, that is the way of the Christian. Not to deny we go through stuff, to be honest, but then to also trust and surrender to Jesus for those things. When it comes to gratitude, what we're supposed to live into is that we are supposed to focus our thankfulness on what God did through the person of Jesus. And right, the rich, abundant life that we have in him here And the eternal life to come. This rich, abundant spiritual life with God here and eternal life to come. Anything else that God would give us stewardship of, right? Because nothing is ours. It's all a gift from God, whether you have a little or a lot. Anything else that God gives us stewardship of is just a bonus. And we should be thankful for everything. But again, our stuff, our status, our jobs, our families shouldn't be the sole determining factor for what we're grateful or ungrateful for. That shouldn't be the determining factors. But so often, right, we get so caught up with the here and now and what we should and what, ah, man, if I only had that and they have that, right, we get really stuck. Instead of just giving God thanks in all circumstances, regardless of whatever stuff you have or do not have here. And Paul, he not only talked the talk, he walked the walk. And he would famously say in his letter to the Philippians, when he was attributing um, what was really of worth, uh, and Paul had a lot to brag about. I think he probably had a little issue with pride a bit. I would say that. But he, he, was, he was speaking to them and he was using his own accolades for examples. He was comparing himself to them. And to be honest, Paul like, was born from the right tribe and he was circumcised on the right day and he studied under the right rabbi and he was the most zealous. And he goes through this list in Philippians 3. And right after that, he says, okay, that's me. If I, if I, if I have anything in this world, I have it all. I win that category. And then right after that, He says this so famously, Philippians 3, 7, 3, and I have it on the screen. But whatever things were gained to me, this is Paul speaking, whatever I've gained, he's gained everything. These things I've counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord for whom I suffered the loss of all things and I count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ. That's why Paul, when he says, give thanks in all circumstances, Paul, he was able to do that because his view was on Christ. It wasn't on his stuff. It wasn't on who he was. He has a lot to brag about and he had a lot to be sad about. He said, none of that even matters. All that matters is knowing Jesus. And I know most of you are well aware of this, but I hope that you you see something today. Again, when it comes to joy and gratitude, those are two examples. But as believers, we actually are to view the whole world like and specifically how we find joy and what we're grateful for, through entirely different lenses and standards. Like, like we aren't even supposed to view the world the same. That's why there's this idea of like a biblical worldview or a Christ-like worldview. Because literally the way in which Christians are supposed to view the world, you're supposed to put on like your Jesus glasses. Like, you, you can't look, you're not even supposed to look without them. Okay, Jesus' glasses is like Bible glasses, same thing. The standards, what's cool or not, what's good or not, what's valuable or not, your priorities, like, values, not even the same. Like, it's a whole, like, different ballpark. And I think we, we get a little messed with that, because, well, well, the book of Romans said just being a Christian is just believing that Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the dead. Yep, that's the start. That's the start. But as Christians, we are to like be a whole different group of people. Like the world should look at us and be like, who, what is happening? What, who are they? Why are they acting this way? Why are they joyful and grateful when in the world's eyes, their life is falling apart? man, how can they be honest that they're going through that health issue but at the same time trusting God that he's good? How do they do that? Like it should be mind-blowing to people that do not know the way of Jesus because we're supposed to live that differently. I'll try to land the plane here as they say. How do, how do, we, how do we do this in 2024? But how do, you do, how do we do this? I'm pretty practical. So this is cool, what I just said. But I would leave going, I want to be more joyful and grateful. And what would happen tomorrow? I wouldn't be. So I want to give you some practical things. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. You don't have to. But I would, I would, I would try to really think of these things. Maybe you have a day off or two next, next couple days. I would like, take a second take a minute, take a couple minutes and and come back to these things. How do we do this? How do we walk in more joy and gratefulness in 2024? Well, I would say this. Number one, we, speaking to myself too, we need to truly know what should be most important and most valuable to us. Like, stop there. What is valuable in life? What's important? And why am I putting value on those things? You never, we never stop and say that and think about it. But why don't you do that this week? New year, fresh start. I know there's many resolutions. Do this one. What is most valuable this year to you? Is it Christ and knowing him and seeking him and being with him? Again, other stuff also can be valuable. What's the most value? You can always have dreams and homes and you can do you can get these things and buy a house. Like, absolutely. But what's more important than anything here? What's most valuable to you? Because that, that'll start this thought and prayer life of going, huh? Oh man, like what is most valuable? And am I and am I ordering my life around what's most valuable? Right? Number two, I have four. I have four little points. We also, I want to challenge us all to be maybe more aware of what is making our joy and gratitude dip and wane. Like, try to be more self-aware this year. I I wanna, I'm gonna say it to myself too. But right, sometimes you just, the weeks are busy, the days are long, time goes on and all of a sudden we get into like, rhythms and funks and all of a sudden like, wow, I just realizing that I'm lacking joy and lacking gratitude. Okay, stop, pause there. That's like the Holy Spirit check. Why? What's happening? Why is my life lacking joy and gratitude? What is that? I wanna encourage and exhort you this year to to take more stock of that, right? Number three, which is really important, um, is I wanna encourage you And also, I think it's necessary, absolutely, to regularly surround yourself with a community like this who alongside you is pursuing the way of Jesus and what is most important. Like you need to do life with people. And I know some of you are like, I know that. You're like, I'm gonna say it again. Because we'll go through seasons when it gets hard where what do we wanna do? Isolate ourselves. But in that moment, I wanna encourage you that this year to, to when it gets hard, because not if, when. You're gonna go through things this year. I'm trying not to be morbid sermon, but I just wanna, you're gonna go through stuff. This is life. When it happens, you need this community. You need other brothers and sisters that are gonna come alongside and pray and encourage you and help you practically and bring you food and like watch your kids and give you money, whatever it is. You are meant to be in community. And so I I really think a part of walking in joy and gratitude is a part of like doing it with people that are also trying to do it, the people of God. And lastly, going back to Paul's third thing that I left out, is to pray continually. This This is the most important actually, is to commune with God, to be with him to talk with him, to be near to him, right? To to, to just bring stuff to the Lord, good and bad, and and prayerfully ask God to make us a people that do rejoice always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. We need to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit because you're not meant to, nor can we at all do this life in our own strength. God gives us the spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and he gives us this ability to pray and ask for his strength and ask for that joy in the midst of brokenness and ask for gratitude when the world would say, what do you have anything to be grateful for? We need to pray, God, remind me, give me the strength, flood me with your promises and truths of your word. Really, my heart for today my heart for you in this room this year, as a brother in Christ, as a pastor, um, as one who deeply cares for your well-being in Christ, is that despite what 2024 throws at you, that you would walk in more of Jesus' joy and have more of a life of gratitude for what Christ has done for you than any other year. And if I don't know, you know, I don't know what's a better resolution than that. Like, God, I wanna walk in joy more this year and gratitude. Good or bad. I don't wanna be swayed as much as I have been. I don't wanna despair as much. I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be the same. I wanna have more joy and more gratefulness for who you are than I ever have. That's my prayer for you this morning. I'm going to pray. We're going to enter into a time of worship and response. So let me join with me in prayer as we do that. God, we thank you that we sit in this room not alone, but rather you are Emmanuel, God with us. And we end one year and we start another knowing that you are the constant, you are faithful, there's no shadow in your turning, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we wanna, we wanna walk in these truths this year, Father. So even in this time of worship, as in this time that we get to just be in your presence and respond to how you spoke to us, Holy Spirit, we wanna just begin to change, surrender, become more like you in these areas of joy and gratitude. Do this work in us starting today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.